Superbrain is a labour of love. Alas, no podcast can survive on love alone. We don't have a sponsor, so we need your support for Superbrain to stay alive and kicking. You can make a one-off donation by following the Support This Show link in the show or episode description. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Super Brain Booster Shot. My name is Sabina Brennan. Join me as I delve inside the teenage brain, which is actually quite different to the adult human brain. First off, it's immature in the true sense of the world. By that, I mean it's incomplete. Then throw in a bunch of sex hormones triggered by puberty into the mix that the brain has no experience of dealing with. And what you've got is an explanation for a lot of the behaviours we exhibit during our teen years. Impulsivity, risk taking, our mood swings, our lack of insight and our poor judgment. I don't even want to think about those teen years, all that angst. Anyway, when it comes to the human brain, development is a lot more complicated than just about the brain getting bigger. The brain is actually remodeled and rewired during the teen years. It's a huge, complicated job that takes a lot of time and the order in which this restructuring, remodelling occurs affects how teenagers experience and act in the world. The internal connections in the brain, the white matter, um, actually changes during these teenage years. A lot of fine tuning, pruning and rewiring occurs. Neural connections that were made in childhood but are no longer used are switched off. When it comes to grey matter, the brain cells that are used the most are the ones that survive. The process of pruning ultimately actually increases the brain's efficiency. New connections are being built and the teenage brain is incredibly flexible, which means that those teen years represent a fantastic opportunity to capitalise on this flexibility, which we call neuroplasticity, for learning, for achievement and for accomplishment. But the flip side of this incredible flexibility is that teenagers have an increased vulnerability compared to adults to the adverse effects of stress, drugs and other changes. The brain wires itself starting at the back of the brain with the structures in our brain that allow us to interact with our world, with the environment, through our senses, you know, through vision, hearing, touch, taste, smell. And also then with the structures that are involved in hunger, thirst, etc. The connectivity then very slowly moves from the back of the brain to the front of the brain, with the frontal lobes being the last in line to become more connected. So the teenage brain is not only in a state of flux, it's only about 80% finished. Not that the brain is ever finished, of course, because it continues to develop and change in response to our experiences across our lives. But anyway, that's sidetracking. The frontal lobes are the least mature and least connected part of the teenage brain. Now, given that our frontal lobes are the seat of our self-awareness and our ability to have insight, our ability to plan, make wise choices, our ability to assess danger or risk, it is really not surprising that our teen years are characterised by those mood swings, by irritability, impulsivity, explosiveness, our lack of focus and a real inability to follow through with things and our tendency towards engaging in risky behaviour. 
The frontal lobes make up about 40% of the human brain's total volume and they play a critical role in many of the activities that we associate with being human um, but also with the things that we associate with being a responsible adult. So the teenage brain actually has an excessive amount of grey matter but it just doesn't have enough white matter so it hasn't got those channels for communicating uh, with the rest of the brain. It's all hyped up with brain cells but the infrastructure, the Connection, the road work, the roads aren't there. Um, and it takes quite some time to rewire the brain, which leaves the teenagers without meaningful access to their frontal lobes, which are really critical. Neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to change with learning. Our ability to adapt and to change is crucial to our survival. And so the human brain is primed to play special attention to novel information. Teens have superb cognitive abilities and capacity to learn and remember. And this is due to the heightened synaptic plasticity that occurs during this stage of their development. They learn faster than adults and memories made in teen years last longer than those learned in adulthood. The teenage brain is constantly on the lookout for new experiences and new sensations. This experimenting, for the most part, is a good thing, bringing them, you know, towards independence and autonomy as they enter adulthood. However, it also places them in danger since their immature frontal lobes lack the speedy connections that allow our adult brains to assess risk and inhibit our behaviours accordingly. Because their frontal lobes are not fully developed, they have difficulty seeing ahead to the consequences of their behaviour and they really are poorly equipped to weigh up the risks associated with their behaviour. The hippocampus is a part of the brain, it's deeper in the brain and it's involved in learning and memory and it is supercharged in those teenage years and it switches on with every experience and and that's how teenagers are really primed to learn and remember things. So while the teenage brain is super efficient at learning, it's pretty inefficient at lots of other things such as self-discipline, paying attention, seeing tasks through to the end as I said, but also in terms of managing their emotions. The sensation seeking associated with the onset of puberty occurs when the neural symptoms that control reward and arousal in the brain are particularly sensitive. This means that the teen brain gets a greater sense of reward than the adult brain. You know, they get a a better buzz out of doing things. The release of and response to dopamine in the teen brain is enhanced. Now, we know that teenagers are prone to risky behaviours or, as it is sometimes described in the literature, as suboptimal choice making. But it's not their perception of risk that drives this behaviour, but rather their anticipation of the reward despite the risk. So gratification is what drives their behaviour. And unfortunately, a teenager who has never experienced negative consequences of their behaviour will continue engaging in risky, reckless behaviour in search of further gratification. This reward-seeking impulse is located in two areas deep within the brain, in two structures that belong to the brain's pleasure centres. Because they're responsible for releasing dopamine when we contemplate or anticipate a reward, you know, like food or money or drugs. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Whatever. One of these areas alerts us to the possibility of pleasure and motivates us to experience the pleasure. It turns out that this area is more susceptible to addiction in the adolescent brain compared to the area in the adult brain. This, combined with a frontal lobe that's not yet fully connected, can drive risk-taking behaviour higher and higher. The brain craves reward and anything that is learned, good or bad, that stimulates the production of dopamine is considered a reward by the brain. This leads to craving a sort of overlearning that we refer to as addiction. So teenagers are really quite vulnerable to this. They also have less ability to process negative information than adults. So whilst they're primed for learning, they're not very good at learning from their mistakes. Adults are much better at learning from their mistakes, thanks to an area around the frontal lobes called the anterior cingulate gyrus that helps to monitor and detect our mistakes. Teenagers are particularly vulnerable to the power of suggestion, but they're not irrational. Their reasoning ability is more or less fully developed by the age of about 15, something that's evidenced by their academic abilities, where they're expected to reason out problems and various issues. One thing I want to say is that nobody can multitask. That's a complete myth. What we're actually doing when we say we're multitasking is switching very rapidly from one task to the other. And the brain is so good at doing this that we think that we're actually multitasking. However, the teenage brain is not very good at task switching. And a teenager really, really just needs to focus on one thing at a time, which is most definitely the opposite of what you see most teens doing as they listen to music and text while believing they're actually doing their homework, most probably in the wee small hours when they should be sleeping. Now, teenagers aren't actually lazy. They just need more sleep than adults or their younger selves. And they need about nine and a half hours sleep at night. They also tend to need their sleep at a different time than the rest of us. Forcing teenagers to go to school early in the morning is really not a good idea. It's akin to forcing a round peg into a square hole. There's lots of research that shows that teens would do so much better in so many ways if they had more sleep in the morning time and were allowed to start the day a little bit later when their brain has actually woken up. Teens tend to be owls, which means that their natural rhythms of arousal and alertness follow a cycle where they need to go to sleep later than most of us and rise much later than we do. You know, that's kind of critical if they're being deprived of sleep on an ongoing basis because poor or inadequate sleep can have a really negative impact on the brain during a very crucial stage of development, affecting their ability to learn, making them more forgetful, slowing their ability to solve problems and inhibiting their creativity. And of Of course, poor sleep can also increase aggression, impatience, impulsivity, low self-esteem and mood swings. 
Research shows that teenagers who have trouble sleeping between the ages of 12 to 14 are two and a half times more likely to have suicidal thoughts than adolescents that have good sleep patterns. A Japanese study also showed that teenagers who used their phones after lights out had more mental health issues, including self-harm and suicide ideation. Insomnia also, we know, can worsen depression. But without a need for sleeping tablets, adopting good sleep habits can improve all of these issues. So stress and the teenage brain. Teenage years are all about the drama. Our amygdala is the source of our emotional responses, which in adulthood are usually tempered by our thinking frontal lobes. Now, the amygdala's response in the teenage brain is over exuberant. On top of that, they have much less activity in their frontal lobes than adults. And so they really have difficulty handling their emotions at times of stress and crisis. THP is a hormone that's released about 30 minutes sort of after the stress response. And in adults, it has sort of a calming anti-anxiety inducing effect. Conversely, in teenagers, it actually stirs up additional anxiety rather than bringing calmness. Teenagers whose amygdala are less under the control of their frontal lobes are prone to responding with extreme emotions. And this really is because they can't access their frontal lobes, which generally for us adults, we access and can help us to respond more proportionately to the threat or the stressor. In mid to late adolescence, and especially in girls, cortisol levels, the stress hormone cortisol, the levels are slightly higher than they are in normal adult population. And higher cortisol levels are associated with loneliness, with stress, worry, anxiety and anger. And teens are also at increased risk for emotional trauma. They're much more prone than adults to developing post-traumatic stress disorder. But, you know, the good news is that while teens are particularly vulnerable to the negative effects of stress, they're also resilient. And in fact, they are better than adults at learning how to respond more positively to stress. So what about those raging hormones? I can't talk about the teenage brain without mentioning hormones. Sex hormones are present at birth, but they remain in storage till puberty when the pituitary gland is triggered to release the sex hormones that it's been storing since birth. Now, the teenage brain is seeing these hormones for the very first time, and it really needs some time to figure out how to manage the body and the brain's response to this new influx of chemicals. Oestrogen and progesterone are linked to chemicals in the brain that control mood. Testosterone has receptors in the amygdala which controls aggression or fear. And a teenage boy can have 30 times more testosterone in his body than he did before puberty began. Sex hormones are particularly active in the limbic system, which is where your amygdala and your hippocampus reside. And this can make teenagers emotionally volatile and it can also lead them to seek out emotionally charged experiences, you know, so they'll actually look for books that are going to make them cry and TV shows that are going to make them weep um, and probably also leads them to get involved in all the latest gossip and drama. They want those emotional experiences. I'm absolutely exhausted just listening to myself talking about teenagers. I'm glad mine are well past that stage and I'm glad that I'm out of it myself long, long time. Anyway, you have been listening to Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. My name is Sabina Brennan. Please tune in again on Monday when I will be speaking to John Boyne. Uh, If you like the show, please rate it, share it, like it, love it. 
You can follow me on social media, on Twitter at Sabina underscore Brennan, or on Instagram at Superbrain Podcast or at Sabina Brennan. Till next week, take care. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.